0: You know, when you try to do a live stream, like I'm trying to do right now, you sometimes have some technical difficulties. And I'm going to plow through them anyway. Guess what? It's October. It's another month. But someone happens to own it. It's Jordan Alvarez. And so far, he owns this month. He owns the people of Seattle. And he might be the key for Houston getting back to the World Series. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Lockdown MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Where's my lower third? It's right there. You can call me Sully. And I'm an Emmy nominated television producer who has been podcasting for over a decade. And I have been part of the Lockdown Podcast Network for the last four years. Uh, today's episode is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Bet Online. Has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before? Bet online it's where the game starts. On today's episode, which I am doing via the live stream, I'm hoping it's working fine. Hey, if you can follow me on the live stream, do me a favor. Uh, shoot me something in the chat so I know that you're there. Uh, this is being recorded late on the um, 13th day of October. 2022 like so my buddy David Samuel Blaine is on there he's hoping this is a temporary setback for the Dodgers don't worry we'll get to that for a second when we talk a little bit about how the Astros have taken control over two tight exciting games with Seattle but both of them bounced their way we have thanks to the weather and the bizarre schedule that the Americans decide decided to have in the division series and a monsoon that went through New York we have three games going on on Friday, including, gasp, a day game in the Bronx. I think it's going to be cool. We're see a day game at Yankee Stadium in the postseason instead of yet another game at night. And we're going to have Los Angeles and San Diego. And We're going to see if the goose shows up again. Meanwhile, Philadelphia and Atlanta are going to be playing. It's anybody's guess. you got three games that are almost impossible to predict. It will be a fool's errand to try to predict them. And guess what? I am that fool. Uh, follow us at MLB pods on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can follow me. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. So, yeah, I mean, I make no bones about it. I don't pretend to be uh, totally unemotional about the games. I am following – excuse me, I scratched my nose there. I'm following the entire postseason, and I will praise the teams when they do well, even if they're not my favorite teams. I praised the Yankees. I'm a native New Englander. I'm no Yankee fan, but I praised the hell out of them for how they played down the stretch in September and the game that they played in game one against the Guardians was a best case scenario if you're a Yankee fan. The key for the Yankees to winning that series would be to get a good performance out of Cole and somebody other than Judge carrying the offense. Well, guess what? Cole was tremendous, and it was Rizzo who was the big offensive hero, along with Harrison Bader. Hell, Judge wasn't a factor at all. So I will be I will be honest, even if I am rooting for a team here or there. Uh, the Seattle Mariners have always been one of my favorite teams. I would love to see Seattle win the World Series. They've never even been in a World Series in their history. And, yeah, I was rooting for them against Toronto. Sorry, everybody in Toronto. And, yeah, sorry, H-Town and Eric. I've been rooting for them in this series. But here's the deal. It's looking like they're not going to win it. Now, yes, yes, I know teams have come back from two games to none deficits. And there have been some teams that look even worse shape than this Seattle team. But guess what? This Astros team is really good. In case you're wondering, they're really good. They survived a bad Verlander performance, dusted themselves off, hit the home run by um, Alvarez in game one. And guess what? Same kind of script happened today. The Mariners got a fine performance out of Luis Castillo. He pitched seven strong innings and held the mighty Astros to three runs. Unfortunately, the Mariners only scored two. And two of the Astros' three runs came with two outs of the sixth inning on a two-run home run by Jordan Alvarez. Yet another late-in-the-game dramatic home run. It okay, wasn't as dramatic as his Game 1 walk-off that stunned Seattle off of Robbie Ray. But here we go. You really can't ask the Mariners to play much better than they did in the first couple of games. They bombed Verlander, and they kept the offense for the most part in check in game two. They had a lead with two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning in game one. And guess what? Here we go. It is down to nothing. By the way, uh, David Samuel Blaine, thanks for checking in. He's one of my uh, most devoted listeners. You're bombarding me with a bunch of questions right now in the chat. I promise I will get to all of those in the third segment. Okay, David, so just hang tight for a little bit there. Now, the Mariners really, you, you can't ask for much better performance than they did. And obviously, if Alvarez popped up, grounded out, even hit it to the wall, in the, and you know Hanager leaps over the fence to catch it, if the Mariners took one game from Houston, this is a completely different series, but they didn't. It was razor thin, but, you know, C- you know, Seattle's going to be going nuts. They're going to be going absolutely nuts when they head back to the Pacific Northwest and play the first playoff game in the Pacific Northwest since game two of the 2001 ALCS. I mean, I give any team a chance to win a game at home, and... But, you know, I just I just don't see them winning two. And this Houston team just looks like a team that is hell-bent to go to the World Series. And I know Astro fans don't want to hear this because they want to say, oh, this will be the fourth World Series appearance in six years. No one wants to hear that. It's factually true. Nobody wants to hear it. Talk, you know, th- this is still the bad guy. And you, in Astro fans, you have to know that. Yes, I know Jordan Alvarez wasn't on the team that was banging the trash cans. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Still going to be the bad guys. People are still going to be rooting against them. I have some reasons to, if the Astros happen to win the World Series, I'll be thrilled and over the moon for Dusty Baker and for the stars like Verlander and Altuve. This would be a championship. I don't think anyone would see this as one to put an asterisk on there under tremendous scrutiny. The fact of the matter is if they make it pass, don't expect anyone to be rooting for them. That's the the price you have to pay. But that being said, as a team, just as someone impartial watching baseball, you know, they survived the bad Verlander start and their pitching depth is what's going to get them over the top. And by that, I mean a Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling movie. Alvarez... Look at, I mean, beyond the fact he's batting 500 with an OPS of 1.931, It's yeah, it's a two-game sample size, fine. But he is just picking this team up and carrying them across the finish line. Now, remember, it was Jordan Alvarez who was the American League Championship Series MVP last year when the Astros held off the Red Sox. But also remember, Alvarez... As brilliant as he was against Boston in last year's ALCS, he was a no-show in the World Series, being held to two hits in the entire series. Think about this. He has hit more go-ahead, team, uh, bringing a team from behind to in front, go-ahead late-inning home runs in this year's Division Series than he got hits in the World Series. He is dusting himself off and he wants to lead Dusty to the promised land. He could very well do it. He could very well do it. And look it. I'd like to see the Mariners win. I would. They're a fun team. But I can't help but think this is kind of a a building block or a, a stepping stone. I can't help but think that this would not be similar. And Jeff Cohen, I know you're listening right now, so cover your ears. Uh, The Mariners' season is kind of reminding me of the Phillies who finished ahead of the Mets in 2007 and kind of dusted themselves off, finally got back to the postseason after a very long, long drought. And it was good for the team to get that run to the postseason. And it primed them for the next year when they went up winning the World Series. This is a Mariners team that should be, in the most part, intact for the 2023 season. And, you know, look at, of course, they could still do it. But that 2007 Phillies team got swept away by the Colorado Rockies. And I just look, this as a possibility that, go crazy there, Mariner fans. No, I'm rooting for you. And there have been instances where a team looks completely overmatched in the first two games and went on to win the next three. Hell, the Cleveland Indians looked like they were going to be the team of destiny in 2017. They were on the big 20-something game winning streak and won the first two games against the Yankees, including that dramatic extra inning victory in Game 2. The Yankees looked dead from the neck up, and then suddenly they went back home and they won three in a row. Is it possible? Sure. Sure. It just is... Let's face it. In terms of a bet, I think it would be a long shot. And if you're going to make any bets, go to Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering info with live betting and up to the minute scores for every team. Out there in every sport, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. OK, let's just take a quick peek. I have 2 I have like it's like if you turn if you turned around, and you saw my desk looks like it, I have a whole minority report thing going on here with all the computer screens going on at once, trying to make heads or tails of this. But we're going to be going into Friday in a truly cuckoo for Cocoa puff situation here. Uh, you have three games going on. Now, look, at, I, I don't understand. I honestly don't understand what the rationale for doing the schedule the way they did. I, I understand to a degree they wanted all four Division Series games to start the same day. So the... Um, none of the teams that uh, won the wildcard series got the advantage of a second day off. I get that, but what we got – what do I have on my head here? I don't know. I had a little smudge on my head. For those of you watching the video, there was a smudge on my head. It was like Mikhail Gorbachev, and I wiped it away. Uh, Okay, but then there was a game day off for the American League teams. Which made no sense. It made even less sense because everybody in their moose knew that a monsoon was going to hit New York today. They were better off saying, "Hey, forget all this. Let's get this game in on on uh, Wednesday and get that done and avoid this weather front that's coming in on Thursday." Well, they didn't, and now here we are. The Yankees have to play a one o'clock Eastern start, which for me is great because it's ten o'clock in the morning here in California, but also because the Yankees by law and by constitutional amendment, have to always play their games on prime time. They can't afford to play this game in prime time because they have to have a travel day that takes them to Cleveland for the Saturday game. So they have to play an early day game and not even the four o'clock Eastern start, the one o'clock Eastern start. You know, the one that's usually reserved for the Rays, the Guardians, and yes, the Astros. The Yankees have to play at that particular time slot. Day baseball in the Bronx. I'm not a Yankee fan. I made that clear. But day baseball in the Bronx is great. It's fantastic. Bring it on. Now, Bieber is going up against Cortez. Bieber has an extra day rest. Fine for him. He pitched wonderfully in the game against the Tampa Bay Rays. And he is really... Really, and did I mention, really good. He pitched very well down the stretch. Nestor Cortez is the person who I think the Yankees should have started in game one. I think he's the more reliable pitcher. But as it turned out, Garrett Cole pitched the way, like, I don't know, you're supposed to pitch when you're an ace making millions and millions, and I mentioned millions of dollars. This is going to be a very interesting game. Cortez has had a wonderful season with a couple of blips here and there, and Bieber has been downright unbeatable. And we've seen that the Yankees can have a dynamic offense or they could be shut down. We've also seen that the Guardians are a team that can be, they could be a pain in the neck with going first to third and a single and everything like that. But it's strange that three games into this postseason and all of their scoring has been done on homers. Jose Ramirez in game one against Tampa Bay, the, the, uh, um, what was it? The, God, why do I keep forgetting his name? The dude who hit the walk-off home run to end the wild card series. Why? Why am I? Why am I blanking on his name? Because I, I keep, you know, it's it's Oscar Gonzalez, right? Yeah, Oscar Gonzalez. Ugh. I you know what? I I kept there's they have Oscar Gonzalez and Oscar Mercado. Okay, and I knew it was an Oscar. And so wait, was it Gonzalez or Mercado? So I, I have those moments that every time I, I, I find myself saying, Gonzalez, part of my brain says, are you sure it isn't Mercado? It's Oscar Gonzalez. Everyone relax. Uh, and then Quan uh, hit a home run in game one against the Yankees. So this is not a team that's designed around waiting for the long ball. And I guess they could in the wildcard series because Tampa Bay's offense was just beat up. But this is the Yankees they're playing. And if they want to do what I thought they were going to do, which is win this uh division series in five games, it's critical that they win this game. And it's critical that some of those bats wake up. I think it wound up being a good thing for the Guardians that they were able to sort of dust themselves off. They had that day off that was scheduled, and then a day off because of the weather. I'm gonna say Bieber out pitches Cortez, and it's a low-scoring three to two game. I'm gonna pick the Guardians on that. But I still think the Yankees are in very good shape. I said this at the beginning. I said if They get a very good performance out of Cole, and someone other than Judge can do the job offensively. They could be in a very good position. Well, Cole pitched like an ace, and guess what? It was Rizzo who had the big hit and not Judge. I'm going to pick the Guardians on this, but it could certainly go the Yankees' way. If it goes the Yankees' way, then we're all but guaranteed to have yet another Yankees-Astros series, which uh, should be interesting. Um, the Braves at this point, I'm recording this it's 828 in the pm in California on the 13th of October. The Braves still haven't had a, a pitcher that they've announced to go against Aaron Nola. This is a very weird game because Nola pitched wonderfully in the series against St. Louis. Well, Nola's pitched quite well, thank you very much. The Braves have already burnt through their two best pitchers. Now the Braves are still a wonderful team. But oddly, the Phillies have the advantage in this game. And they're playing it in Philadelphia. God, I can't help but think the Phillies have a slight edge. But here's the deal. I'm going to predict Atlanta wins it because I just think that their bullpen is very good. And I think it'll be a very low-scoring game. And then the Braves will kick in in the seventh or eighth inning to take the lead. But I think it it would not stun me if Philadelphia wins. If Philadelphia wins and they take a two-game-to-one lead, knowing that they still have Zach Wheeler to throw, uh, that could make the potential National Championship Series be very strange. Also, Gonsolin is pitching for the Los Angeles Dodgers against Snell. Now, I, I'm not a big fan of looking at the win-loss record. But Gonsolin's win-loss record is 16-1. and one. And even if we poo-poo the win-loss record as being unreliable, and I do think it is a jaw-droppingly flawed metric to determine whether or not someone had a good year or not simply by looking at someone's win-loss record. But Gonsolin's 16-1, and one, I'm sorry, I can't help but look at that and go like, wow, he... Uh, He uh, pitched pretty well. His one loss, he let up four runs in um, six innings against Washington. Here's the deal, though. Since August 23rd, Gonsolin has pitched two innings. Two. And Kershaw, now granted they had a day off, so everyone's rested. But they really could have used Kershaw going a little deeper than five innings in that. fact of the matter is this. As wonderful as Gonsolin has been, and Gonsolin was also part of the team that won the World Series in the uh, COVID season, this may wind up being a bullpen game. You don't know how many innings you're going to get out of Gonsolin, and who are you going to turn to? Where is it going to go? And the Padres are throwing Blake Snell, who has pitched quite well, and has pitched. He's done all. He's done fine. The fact of the matter is, bizarrely, the Dodgers versus the Padres has suddenly turned into a coin toss. And that's surreal because going into this series, I thought this was the definition of a sweep. I thought this was absolutely going to be a sweep. And the Dodgers, you know, wound up losing with the goose game. And so now I'm looking up and saying, holy mackerel. What if the Padres take a two-game-to-one lead in the series? I still think the Dodgers will wind up winning that game. But two things are absolutely sitting there. One, I think the Padres are going to win this game three. I think it's going to be a bullpen matchup. I think the Dodgers are going to force a game five the day after. And if there is a game five, your pal Sully is going to try to go. I'm just saying. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. Now, think about this for a second. There is a real scenario that Snell could win a game against Gonsolin in the Dodgers bullpen. There is a real possibility that Aaron Nola could beat the Braves, which means the Braves and uh, which means Philadelphia and San Diego would be on the verge of winning their division series. And if that's the case, then the NLCS would be between an 89-win team and an 87-win team. All the while, two teams that won 101 games and another team that won 111 games would be playing golf, missing the NLCS. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think Los Angeles is going to keep moving forward. I think this was a slight blip. But the fact of the matter is this, the possibility is out there. And if that happens, it is going to be a huge punch to the face of the regular season and a huge punch to the face of saying, you got to improve a team that's already 90 wins. Why? Why? Just win your 85, get in and take your chances. All right, let's take a quick peek at who's been writing me stuff here in the chat. I know uh, uh, David Samuel Blaine has been writing a bunch of stuff. And, and what I love about David is that um, he, he doesn't always stay on topic. You know, we're talking about the playoffs, and he wants to talk about the Mets for some reason. Uh, he writes, how much ex- more expensive money does best New York Mets player like Brandon M- Nimmo get paid? I don't know the answer. Uh, I honestly don't. I mean, Nimmo is a really solid player. Uh, I think it would behoove the Mets to, to keep him. Uh, I'm not an agent uh he's going to get mil- he's going to get a- millions of dollars more than I'm going to make this year um and I think it's important to keep some of these players especially when you're a team like the Mets who are trying to win the hearts of New York fans uh you know put a good product on the field and pay for it speaking of Mets fans Jeff Cohen uh one of the biggest Mets fans I know is rooting for Dusty you know I get it I think it's impossible to not want to see Dusty Baker win a World Series championship as a manager. I think that that would pretty much, uh, you know, pretty pretty much clinch the uh, you know clinch his bid to go to the Hall of Fame. So hold on, I think I think I uh, did I just lose a bunch of the chat things, huh? Um, sorry everyone, I, did I erase the chat? I may have just erased the chat. I didn't mean to do that um send me some more clips on the on the chat here but the fact of the matter is um you know someone was saying that I didn't see who it was that the Mariners are on the upswing I agree they made the playoffs this year who knows they might be putting together a championship team down the line but we're gonna see we're gonna see um I the the Guardians have to if they want to make any sort of drama in terms of who's going to face off in the american league championship series have to come up big today because i really look at i we all saw the yankees stub their toe and not play well in july and august but that yankee team is gone this is back to being the team maybe not the 100 win yankee team but this is a really solid ball club with a uh, an image of making to the world series dance in their head this houston team is outstanding and if the yankees played the astros uh, I know Stacy Gatsoulias and all my Yankee fan friends don't want to hear this, but I think that's going to be the Astros series to lose. But The Guardians could still put a big thumbprint on this. Mariner fans, I'm sorry. I think this is not going to be the year. Now, I still think L.A. is going to wind up playing Atlanta. I think both Atlanta and the Dodgers had to cough, basically. They had a slight stubbing of the toe. Uh, David Samuel Blaine says... Well, let's see what you write here. Let's read your your question is: uh, The longer the NLDS goes, the tougher the Los Angeles way to win, defeating the Padres final time without underestimating. I truly hope. Well, I get it, David. I get it. Um, I, I think if it goes five games, it's obviously a coin toss, but it will be in Los Angeles. I, I still think the Dodgers have the advantage, you know, up and down, but I think. The Padres, this is a winnable game. and The point I'm making is this is a winnable game for both San Diego and Philadelphia. And with that in mind, it could make it a, you know, the the foregone conclusion that we're going to have yet another Braves-Dodgers matchup for the third straight year in the National League Championship Series. Uh, It may not come to fruition as they'd be playing the rubber match. Uh, The Padres are a dangerous team. I should, (laughs) Jeff Cohen... Biggest Met fan, one of the biggest Met fans I know, writes. Uh, um, well, let's put it up there. Uh, Potters are a dangerous team. I should know. Jeff Cohen, hey Jeff, uh, uh, write your answer in the chat here. If San Diego defeats Los Angeles, knowing that they would have beaten two 100 win teams, would it make the Mets' loss in the wild card series more difficult or less difficult for you to swallow? Just curious, just curious about your your thoughts on that. Send that to me in the chat. I know you're listening to me, Jeff. I know you're listening to me. Um, and we're going to see. I mean, the Braves uh, started, um, uh, was it, started Freed in game one, and he stunk. They started right last night, and he was terrific. And I don't know who their next pitcher is going to be. I mean, I, I thought for sure it was going to be Spencer Strider. But the, it hasn't been announced yet. So I'm um, not sure what's going on here. Not sure what's going on here. Uh, why, would it be, why wouldn't they just say it's Spencer Strider? Are they holding him off? Are they going to try to throw him out of the bullpen? Um, uh, Jeff Goins said it would be less difficult. Now, hold on. What does that mean? It'd be less difficult for you to handle... Um, oh, it's Strider's on the injury risk. That's right. I, I, he, you may be right on that. Cohen, Jeff Cohen answered, like I said, less difficult. It's turning this into an Adam and Costello routine in my head. Would you be more angry or less angry if they beat the Dodgers? Just say it like that. Write write messages to me like I'm a seven-year-old. More angry or less angry? Because you wrote less difficult. And uh, nope, that didn't help me. That didn't help me at all. Uh, while I'm waiting for uh, Jeff Cohen to respond, I want to remind you that today's... That, okay, be less angry. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, we got a full weekend of baseball, and guess what? Even though I've done five episodes this week, I'm going to keep making these episodes into the weekend. I'm going to do my best to recap the games, and tomorrow is going to be a fascinating day of baseball. I'm not going to lie to you. So thanks for those of you who have been joining the chat. Thanks for you who have been watching me on the live stream. You can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Looking at how Jordan Alvarez has the purchased the deed to the month of October. And oh, wait, one last wait, one last thing for David Samuel Blaine. I was doing the sign-off, but I can't resist David's questions. He writes: How much punishment can one team like the like the Dodger Padres take either way. Um Dodgers have a lot of had a lot of punishment recently. The Padres are filled with punishment, so that's where you go. All right. Wrapping up. Sorry. No more no more questions. The floor is closed. This has been the Lockdown MLB live cast on the thirteenth day of October 2022. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.